Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show on the Blackhawks Radio Network. Here's Joe Brand. Well, the NHL's Rookie of the Month continues to do damage on the road. But unfortunately, this is another game, third on the year, where Connor Bedard scores the first goal of the game, and then the rest of the offense comes from the other team. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. Taking you up to 5.30 p.m. here on 720 WGN after a 3-1 loss to the Winnipeg Jets. So after some Saturday matinee hockey, we continue our afternoon as we turn into the early evening. And we head on back up to Canada and bring in our pal Troy Murray, who slipped and said tonight once, along with me one time, and we got two tonights, or at least an evening, from John Wideman. What are we going to do with our winnings here, Troy? Go have a good time. Okay, I like it. What do we say the damage was? Fifty bucks a, a pop. Well, he might have to lower that. <laughs> All right, we, we could go down to fifty cents. And... John, John's got five dollars up in it. It's like five, five, five dollars, five dollars. Okay, All right. we can't have much fun on that. That's true. That's true. Well, maybe maybe if we pile it together and roll it over to tomorrow because another day game tomorrow so exactly we'll, we'll keep tallying tomorrow how do you break down this one today troy frustrating yeah. frustrating you know they, they want to start heading in the right direction and they're doing a lot of things but you know they're in some ways they're getting out executed they're not finishing off plays the way that you would you'd like to maybe there's a little bit of hesitation in the offensive zone you know and that's split second between whether you should shoot it now or look for a play Usually at this level, uh, results in time and space being taken away. And I, I, I look at them right now, and they're they're struggling with their confidence offensively. It was really good to see Connor Bedard get the goal early on. He's, and like John said, you know, maybe we're off to the races here, but they end up taking a penalty. Nice play by the Winnipeg Jets to score a power play goal. They're right back in this game. And, uh, you know, once again, you're close heading into the third period, only down a goal. You're looking for that one shot, but the shot that uh, ended up in the back of the net came from the Winnipeg Jets. So now you're 3-1, to one, you're chasing it, and they were never able to muster up really a whole lot of offensive chances in the third period. Yeah, I just feel like we've kind of seen this script a lot this year. I mean, w- whether it's the Connor Bedard first goal of the game or th- the moment the opposition takes the lead, they're just able able to find their groove and it's it's a real uphill battle for this Hawks team offensively yeah it, it, it's it's been a struggle and you know again I I don't think you fault uh, Sauter Bloom on on the goals that happened here this afternoon he, he was pretty solid but you know you're not getting a whole lot of support and for the Blackhawks it's 12 straight games three or more goals against and when you're not producing offense, you know, you got to get that down to under three to give yourself an opportunity, and they just haven't been able to do it. And it's frustrating, and I know these guys are not going to be happy with what happened here uh, this afternoon, but, uh, you know, move right on to the game tomorrow. You can't hold your head down and, and worry about it or pout about it. you just got to go right back to business and see if you can't get it done against the Wild. 
Any thoughts on Beauvillier in his first game with the Blackhawks? I, 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 I didn't mind him. I, you know, I, I watched him when he was out there. He was really responsible as far as um, his positioning defensively. Had some, some good moments offensively. I thought his speed was noticeable with him and Bedard and Kurashev. And they were the, kind of the only line that created some opportunities coming through the neutral zone on a consistent basis on this, in this game. I thought Dickinson was solid as well. But, uh, you know, the, when you looked at Bavillier coming in here, tough situation. He's going to play one game and then take another seat and wait for his visa before he can join the, the team to play some games uh, across the border. But uh, I, I thought he was—I thought he was good. And let's take a look at uh, his overall stats here at the end of the game. Played almost 17 minutes, two shots on goal, missed the net with four, and took four faceoffs. So it was 50% in the faceoff circle. So those numbers are pretty good. And I think it kind of backed up the eye test of what I saw here. I thought he was—he was good. I think that uh, when you look at moving forward, that Bedard, him, and Kershev can create some really good offensive opportunities and if you keep those guys together they they could gel and find a you know a nice trio but man you're right that that's frustrating for him to to only be able to play one game frustrating for the hawks to really only implement him in for one game um i mean quick turnaround this this team's got to get right back at it tomorrow so we've talked about it a lot today how the hawks need to use those quick turnarounds and those those quick actions to their benefit hopefully they can do that tomorrow in minnesota yeah you know they, they yesterday yeah, they got into town and they had a, 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 a kind of a lengthy practice yesterday because you know, when you look at the schedule, there's not going to be a lot of time to, to practice. It, but they had the opportunity to do that here yesterday afternoon, and they knew there was going to be no morning skate, so they maybe did a little bit extra. A lot of the focus, though, was on the power play, the special teams. And that's one thing where the Blackhawks, I, I think that if they can straighten out their power play, yeah. Um, in, in four of the seven wins, they, they've scored at least one power play goal. They, they need to find a way to get some consistency on that power play because it, 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 in a lot of ways it's, it's killing them right now. The entries have been a struggle. They moved they had it in the offensive zone. They had chances to move it around the outside but never really threatened on the power play. I, I think that if they can turn the special teams around, and I know that's a focus, the five-on-five, you can handle that. You can you can play five on five. You just got to play it the right way. But when you have the opportunity, especially when you're on the road, if you're on the road and your special teams win the, that battle, the matchup uh, in, in that department, you have a good chance to win games. And they haven't been able to do that. All right, Troy. I know you guys got a boogie and get on over to Minnesota. So we'll, we'll let you go and enjoy the rest of your day and, and the entire evening as well. And uh, we'll do this all again tomorrow. Kind of hate to leave Winnipeg here. It's a balmy 32 degrees, <laughs> I was which, gonna, is, which at this time of the year is pretty darn good. I, I was going to say. Jerry, our, our engineer is nodding his head here. We come back here in January, and I'm pretty sure that the uh, temperature is going to be a little bit colder at that point. Oh, yeah. I, I could imagine. <laughs> just a skosh. Yeah, just, just a little bit up there in Canada. Might need uh, a couple extra layers, huh? Always. All right, pal. Great stuff as always. We will uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow afternoon and uh, keep this uh, this kitty going and, and make sure we we avoid our tonight's yeah, and evenings. I don't evenings like tomorrow. these afternoon games. I got to be careful. <laughs> They're getting expensive all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Troy. Great stuff. We'll talk to you. All right, Joe. Thanks, bud. Good job. All right. Likewise. That is Troy Murray. He and John Wideman on the call as the Hawks fall to the Winnipeg Jets three to one up in Canada at the Canada Life Center. We're taking you up to five thirty. 
today, tonight, well, Troy's gone now, so I can say tonight all I want, but um, taking you up to 5.30. We'll take your calls, we'll take your texts, 312-981-7200. Unfortunately, this is kind of just another one of these games that we've been seeing a lot of this year, where there's a flash in the pan of uh, a good Connor Bedard goal. Uh, I do kind of want to go in on that goal in just a moment, but after that, not too much. The Hawks weren't getting a lot done offensively. I thought there were some times later on in the second period where they were able to finally get some sustained pressure and maybe just put a, a couple of uh, decent attempts on Connor Hellebuck. But again, it's just one of those games where the moment the opposition gets a hard-working goal, um, the Morgan Barron goal was kind of a result of a really good pass through the neutral zone. I saw some people, some people really thought that Arvid Sutterbloom should have stopped that. Other people kind of blamed the basically breakaway that Barron had. Uh, but then later on, the goal by Cole Perfetti, just a, a perfect redirect and, and a tap or just a, a piece of his stick it caught. So no way that Sutterbloom really could have stopped that. And once again, we get into that position where the Hawks are just kind of forced to play a little bit desperate and try to get things going. And that that has not worked out well for them this year. To try and and just do everything that they can to score a goal by perfect passing and and uh, flawless offense is just is not part of their mo right now. They they got to get the hardworking goals that the other teams are getting. The, the ugly goals. That's what we've seen in the recent wins that they've had. And unfortunately, they're just unable to bottle it up. I think you do have to give credit to Winnipeg and what they were able to do tonight, um, evening things up in the first period, taking a lead in the second period, and just playing some solid defense on the Hawks. Troy was mentioning how well they were able to limit in the neutral zone, kind of force the Hawks out to the wing and uh, really clog up the area in the middle. I mean, that's why you didn't really see a lot of high-danger chances from the Hawks tonight. Oh, boy, there I go. Today, because um, Winnipeg was just being that pretty much that solid on defense. And Winnipeg ends a three-game losing skid with the victory. They improved to 13-8-2. I don't know how much of a threat many people were thinking they'd be, but there they are in third place in the Central Division. So it'll be interesting to see how they progress throughout the year. This is just one of four matchups between the Hawks and the Winnipeg Jets, so we'll have to see uh, how they go along. Again, we'll take calls, we'll take your texts, 312-981-7200. Appreciate the compliments from the 262 area code. Uh, our buddy Tim from Urbana is back, of course, because the Hawks lost. That's the only time we hear from him. Uh, the Hawks are going to finish 775-0, and says Tim from Urbana. At least they're good at losing. Oh, boy, haven't heard from you in a while, Tim. I'm glad to hear you're doing okay. Uh, yeah, the Hawks are now 7-15-0 and with this loss. They suffer back-to-back's loss, back-to-back losses, I should say. They're now 0-2-0 on this road trip. Their next game ends up being tomorrow afternoon in Minnesota, so a quick turnaround against a wild team that has not gotten off to the right foot this year. Obviously, they've already made some moves, uh, letting go their head coach, Dean Evason, and their assistant coach as well, so kind of... Uh, not panic mode, but some type of change was in order in Minnesota. Um, I'm not quite sure if uh, Marc-Andre Fleury uh, will play tomorrow. I, the Wild are off today, so I'd imagine so. So it be good to see the Flower back, taking on his former team in the Hawks. But, man, it'd be nice to see this team salvage a win on this road trip and just get some sort of positive because it's so funny how these past two games are kind of flip-flopped with the Hawks Structure. I don't want to. I don't want to say just effort 
cut and dry because I, I don't think their effort was marginally less today than it was on Thursday night against Detroit. Um, but there definitely seemed to be more of a plan offensively, or I should say a better executed plan on Thursday against Detroit. They still lost by four goals. The Wings took them down 5-1. But you didn't see as many scoring opportunities today as you did Thursday night. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how things hopefully kind of even out tomorrow against Minnesota. Uh, the Wild, the team right in front of the Hawks in the Central Division standings at 7-10-4. and They're Four points ahead of the Hawks in the standings. But, yeah, the the frustrating thing continues with this squad right now. Having some trouble getting things going offensively, just just finding that consistency. And hopefully a guy like Anthony Beauvillier will help that. But as Troy mentioned, it's it's just such an unfortunate circumstance where he's, he's traded to the Hawks. He's unable to play in the U.S. because of the visa. Finally is able to get into a game up in Winnipeg, but then... Hawks go right back down south of the border uh, to Minnesota. Probably the first time we've ever said that phrase together. Um, tomorrow, and it doesn't look like Bovillier is going to be available. So hopefully he can join the team on Tuesday against the Nashville Predators. Um, and hopefully that can just help get some consistency for this team offensively. Our buddy Devin from Payless Hills. And again, if you'd like to call us or text us, 312-981-7200. The Hawks have been first-period performers and fall asleep behind the wheel all year long. Do you remember a time similar to this? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of tough to, to compare. And um, I don't know if that's fair, just because the makeup of the rosters are always so different. It, it's just the main thing is last year that... That effort, that consistency continued after a solid 20-minute start. It wasn't always following up with wins, but you did feel better about a lot of these games just because you kind of knew what the Hawks were. You knew what they had, and you knew what they were capable of. It's funny this year because heading into the season, you thought it'd be a higher ceiling. You thought with getting Taylor Hall and Nick Felino and Corey Perry and Ryan Donato along with Connor Bedard was really going to uh, pump a lot of adrenaline in this team. Now, I get it. Perry is gone. Hall is gone for the rest of the year. Um, but still, with with the ceiling, with the potential that this team has, you thought that there would be a step up from last year. And I think in certain circumstances, there have been steps up, but not for the overall um, stride for this team. There's still something missing, and I think that just gets chalked up with how much youth there is on this team at the moment. We are getting some sound from the Blackhawks dressing room and from their head coach of Luke Richardson. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll hear from a few Blackhawks. Uh, we'll hear from the new guy, Anthony Beauvillier, first when we come back. Hawks fall to the Winnipeg Jets 3-1 to today. Up in Canada, again, if you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. We'll take your calls. We'll take your texts. The New Hawk, Anthony Beauvillier, when we come back. Blackhawks Hockey 720, WGN. Appleton will swing the puck behind the Hawk net, and this eludes the point man, Sandberg, and goes down into the jet zone. Hawks get it back. Kirsch having a slot. Fires a shot block. Here's a shot for Bernard. He scores! Connor Bernard, it's his 11th goal on the season. The puck pinballed off of Hellebuck over into the left-wing circle. And Bedard was in the process of completing a little circle of his own. He grabbed the rebound and shot it past Halibut, giving the Hawks a 1-0 lead. We'll name Connor Bedard our player with the most heart today. Sponsored by Northwestern Medicine. Northwestern Medicine is home to the state's leading heart and vascular program. 
Top ranked for 16 straight years by U.S. News and World Report, Connor Bedard scoring his team leading 11th goal on the season. He continues his stretch of eight straight road games with at least a point. He is the, well, he's an 18 year old that has the second longest road point streak in NHL history. He just passed Sidney Crosby and Steve Eiserman by stretching it out to eight games. He's only behind Nathan McKinnon. He's got a long way to go, though. 16 straight games with at least a point for McKinnon as an 18-year-old. Again, that's the the key moment or the key note of that note as uh, Connor Bedard will hope to continue it tomorrow afternoon as the Hawks visit the Minnesota Wild. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 5.30 today as the Hawks fall to the Winnipeg Jets 3-1. to 312-981-7200 if you'd like to call or if you'd like to text. You could also tweet me at Joe underscore Brand1. I do want to talk about Connor Bedard's goal just a little bit. Again, out of his 11 goals this season, nine of them have come in the first period. Um, I was trying to do some some quick math on it. I think this was the fourth time this year that he scored the first goal of the game. And a lot of times out of those nine first period goals, it was the first Blackhawks goal of the game. So I just really like to see the tone that Connor Bedard is able to set as an 18-year-old fresh into the NHL. And yeah, it's a little bit of a Shorzy line there. you got to set the tone. But um, just just really like to see that. And today especially, because I, I, I know kind of anybody, any good hockey player can score that goal that he did. Right spot, right time. Saw the loose puck. Hellebuck was kind of over towards his left as Bedard was able to pick up that loose puck and just fire it in as quickly as he could. But he continues to find himself at the right place at the right time. We're not taking anything away from an 18-year-old, his first year in the NHL, being able to do that on such a consistent basis. And, I mean, let's face it, when Connor Bedard comes away with one point in a game, you know he's satisfied, maybe not satisfied, but you know he's pleased with it, but I don't think he's satisfied. I think he he's a guy that expects himself to cash in on almost every opportunity throughout hockey games. And we kind of saw that frustration piling over in that Detroit game. And like I said in the pregame show, I appreciate Luke Richardson's take on it. He sees it not so much as frustration and not being able to handle your emotions. He sees it as passion. I mean, I even heard a guy yesterday say, hey, I heard that the kid is throwing a temper tantrum. That's not it at all. I mean, I understand he's 18 years old and he's showing his emotions out on the ice, but he's showing his emotions in terms of he expects better from himself. And it's not him whining or complaining. And the thing that Luke Richardson continues to preach is that doesn't roll over into into the next shift or into the next game or when he chats with us after the game in the locker room. It's it's always a cool, cool, calm, and collective approach from Connor Bedard no matter what happens in the game. And as long as he's showing that passion in the game and in justifying times, and it's not affecting the rest of the team, I think that's another huge part of it. Luke Richardson says he'd rather have that passion from a player and try to tweak that try to channel that the correct way than have a guy that's really not given a you-know-what and trying to generate that motivation, generate that energy into a certain player. So, uh, again, anyone who thinks that it's it's so negative to see the way Connor Bedard has been reacting 
after being frustrated on the ice. I think it, it might be too much of a stretch, at least this early on. Again, the Hawks were trying something new with Anthony Beauvillier on that top line with Connor Bedard today. Unfortunately, we might not see Beauvillier for another game or two because uh, he's having some visa troubles and not able to play for the Hawks while they're in the U.S., but they were in Winnipeg today, which is obviously north of the border. So let's hear from the newest Blackhawk, Anthony Beauvillier. Ups and downs. I think we uh, collectively. I thought we, uh, we we battled. I mean, we did a lot of good things. Um, broke the uh, break the puck out quite a bit and uh, had some chances. I mean, it's tough tough uh, team to play. Tough building to come in and try to get a win. But um, collectively, I thought it was good. It's first game, but it, it seemed like you guys are connecting and making some passes to the line. What what do you see playing? Yeah, I mean, definitely a lot of fun playing with these two guys. I mean, um, both smart players can make a lot of plays at high speed and um, just trying to uh, win them some pucks and try to get to the net. And, uh, yeah, I thought we uh, there's definitely some stuff we have to build on. But um, overall, I thought it was uh, pretty good, like you said, connecting some some good passes and uh, going up the rush. Back in camp, it was kind of an adjustment for everyone to get used to the kind of passes Bedard could make and just the plays he could make. Did you have a little bit of that today, figuring out what he was capable of? I mean, um, I think he's capable of everything and anything. I mean, he's uh, just with the little sample I've seen in the last two days. Uh, uh, it's definitely impressive what he does on the ice and definitely a uh, uh, privilege to play with him. And um, He's a really good player and, uh, yeah, I just want to, you know, try to, uh, see what he what he's doing. Read off him a little bit, and um, he was good tonight. It, it seemed like even on the opening shift, you're coming off the boards and you, you come through the slot, and he's behind the, yeah. the net. I mean, is it is finding maybe the space for you guys? Or, I mean, you guys are able to connect, maybe connect in those ways. Yeah, I mean, I thought we had some chances. Just you know, um, Hellbuck played played well and had that save to put uh, his knob when he was coming off the uh, the end wall, and um, just. One of those nights where it's hard to score, but uh, collect- collectively I thought we had some chances and we uh, moved the puck well. That's Anthony Beauvillier, the newest Blackhawk, as the Hawks fall to the Winnipeg Jets 3-1 to today up in Canada. Man, you even hear from Beauvillier, who's played in just one game on Connor Bedard's line, saying that Bedard is capable of anything and everything and just saying that after a short stint, a small sample size of playing with the kid. A little bit more on Beauvillier. We talked about it in the pregame show, how he comes over to the Hawks to provide a little bit of a quick fix in terms of the depth on the offense. The the Hawks have been a little bit depleted forward-wise over the past couple of situations with Taylor Hall undergoing ACL surgery. Again, that went successfully earlier this week. And then, obviously, the Corey Perry situation, which has removed him from the team. So, Beauvillier provides some veteran presence, a former first-round pick, and, again, just a guy that can hopefully benefit from a scene change. He comes over from Vancouver, a low-risk return, or a low-risk trade piece to cough up by Kyle Davidson, just giving up a fifth-round draft pick to Vancouver, who clears some cap space by moving Beauvillier, and they're off to a fantastic start. They wanted to get a little bit more help defensively, and it looks like they got that with former Blackhawk Nikita Zadorov. But again, Kyle Davidson has done a good job of just showing his showing his scouting eye, showing what he looks at for qualities in a hockey player. 
Again, we saw it with Sam Lafferty. We've seen it now with Jason Dickinson, Taylor Radish, Boris Kachuk, guys that came over in the Brandon Hagel deal. Not the centerpieces of that deal. That was the two first-round picks. But Taylor Radish and Boris Kachuk are, are pretty solid pieces on this Hawks roster right now for the situation that's at hand at the moment. And I remember talking with the Blackhawks director of player development about what types of players the Hawks are looking for in terms of trades or in terms of drafting, just anybody that they're bringing into the organization. And obviously speed is part of it. You want quick skater, you want quick skaters and guys who just play the game fast. But you also want fast decision makers, guys that know what to do with the puck immediately when they get it or are, know what to do to be expecting to be getting the puck. It, it's all those little things that the Hawks are trying to pool together and piece together a well-oiled machine, that is what's a little bit frustrating with this year because you're not seeing that. At least you're not seeing that at the NHL level. Now, down in Rockford, it seems like there's a little bit more camaraderie and a little bit more chemistry going on down there, which is good because those are all the the younger pieces and the future of this Hawks organization. But you would like to see it at the NHL level. Read a quick text before we get to sound from Luke Richardson. Again, if you'd like to call or text us, 312-981-7200 from the 779 area code. Hey, Joe, can we please stop playing teams with losing streaks out of 15 losses? 12 of them are against teams with losing streaks. Wild lost their game, right? I guess that's a question. Uh, Let's go, Hawks, from our buddy Rich Wells. Um, yeah, I think I think that just kind of that's probably in your head because you're frustrated with the Hawks' loss and you think, oh, they just lost to a team that are on a losing skid. So I understand how that can kind of stick in your craw when the Hawks are playing so many teams that are trying to get off a losing skid and then lose to them. But it's not so much about the opposition right now. It's it's about the Hawks trying to figure out their own game and trying to find their own identity. And the inconsistency of the roster has played a part in that, but the Hawks really haven't done a, a favor to themselves by figuring this all out on their own. Let's hear what the head coach, Luke Richardson, had to say after this 3-1 to loss to the Winnipeg Jets. Fortunately, it was another you know, uh, good effort by us, but... Uh, the execution uh, just not quite there offensively, and then just one or two uh, miscues defensively, or you know, obviously high-end guys making good plays on their team. So uh, I thought we had a couple good looks, uh, even one short-handed, and uh, Hellbuck made those stops, and uh, you know they got their power play goal, and and uh, we didn't score in the power play. I thought our power play looked better tonight, but uh, unfortunately we didn't match them there, and I think that might have been uh, you know something that we could have. Uh, I got a little bit of momentum off of it and give a good, a little bit of a push at the end. What did you see from Beauvillier with Bedard? Uh, good, yeah. No, I thought good speed. He does a lot of work. I think he hasn't played a lot lately, and he's been off for a few days for sure uh, in between the trades. So, uh, you know, a couple times looks a little, looked a little winded, as you could expect, but uh, obviously excited too, so there's that extra energy. But I thought it was good. I thought those guys uh, did really well. I thought they created some good chances, a couple two-on-one chances, and, uh, you know, any luck uh, that would have given us a few more uh, uh, points up on the scoreboard. But, uh, you know... I think it's something that's a good starting point from. Tenorti said he thought Bedard channeled his frustration in this game, maybe had a little extra jump, and he thought maybe even throughout the team you guys needed more of that. What, what did you see from Bedard? Yeah, I thought he was excellent. Uh, I thought he, he really, uh, the first period, uh, the first two periods especially, I thought he had some really uh, excellent bursts out there, which we have been talking about, just adding a little bit more speed to that talent. And uh, I think we saw that, you know, he, he, 
he, he created uh, some uh, on his first goal, you know, just by skating and uh, Kershey shooting the puck and him being ready to shoot it and, and a couple more opportunities in the first and second period. You know, I think he was really good. I think third period, you know, I mean, uh, you know, they were tight checking. Uh, so we didn't, as a team, have a lot to, to show. But, uh, you know, they were pushing right to the end. So I, I liked his game. I think it's going in the right direction. And, uh, you know, I hopefully, you know, he's not happy with the result of the game, but I should he should be happy with his play tonight. What, what do you think of that backhanded pass? From- yeah, that was, uh, you know, it's a special. Like coaches sometimes hold their breath on those. But, uh, you know, I mean, I think special players uh, have to know when they can make those plays and, and or when we have to try and make those plays uh, because they're not going to work all the time. But I think, uh, you know, I mean, I think sometimes those guys somehow find a way to make them work at the right time and I think uh, might have caught Kershey a little bit off off, uh, off guard and a little surprised otherwise uh, if he could have one time that I think he might have would have got it by Hellebuck um, but uh, you know he had to stop it and, and make the right play and Hellebuck was there to make a good save. It seemed like the Jets were really playing the zone fast and kind of using their speed to put pressure through the neutral zone and everything. Yeah they did, they did that well early in the game and uh, you know I think we adjusted to it. Uh, I think the, the couple times that they made uh, plays that create two-on-ones was where our D is just trying to pinch and you know there's maybe some plays that are D when you're pinching you got to make a harder play or lay it in behind the net so that you have a chance to get back or the guy covering up has got to make sure he really covers up and is in the right position a little bit of both on that uh, but you know what we we, uh, we got caught stung on it once in the second period but other than that I thought we, we reacted in the third period we were much better but they might have been not playing that uh, stretch and chase game because they had the lead by them. How would you break down that third goal? Like uh, it's just a face-off win. There's not really. I think Andy's trying to get in the, sh- in the shot lane, and and I think it was Perfetti. He just reaches out. Uh, so like we we got our guy, but unfortunately he reaches out and it just ticks his stick enough, and it has that C and I ball finds its way in somehow. Uh, you know that's what we're looking for. We're looking for to, sh- to shoot pucks and keep it simple, and we're going to try and find some of those goals, and they'll put us over the edge. Big thanks to Ben Pope at the Chicago Sun-Times for that audio as Luke Richardson breaks down a 3-1 loss to the Winnipeg Jets. Starting things off by talking about how the team has kind of lacked execution offensively. I think that's the way to describe this one. And unfortunately, kind of a, a theme that's a little bit too common with this Hawks team. Uh, he talked about the Connor Bedard pass. And if you haven't seen the pass, it, it really is a thing of beauty. It's all over on Twitter. Just a, a turnaround no-look pass across the ice that goes through the slot and finds Philip Kurashev on the, let's see, left side of the Nets, um, but his ability to just make that decision is exactly what everybody was talking about before Connor Bedard got drafted by the Hawks and, and came into last year's draft because it's not just his scoring ability. It's not just him trying to score goals. It's him trying to set up goals. And I found it interesting how Luke was talking about Philip Kurashev maybe being a little bit caught off guard by that pass, having to settle it down and not really being able to do anything with it at that moment. Just as much as players are learning how to play with Connor Bedard, I feel like he's learning how to play with everybody else. And with all the chemistry that we've been talking about between Connor Bedard and Philip Kurashev, that is still a learning moment between those two guys. So, I mean, like Luke said, imagine if Philip Kurashev is just right there waiting to one-time that. There's no way that Hellebuck is stopping that shot coming from Kurashev. And uh, again, Bedard's ability and confidence to make that play in his 22nd game in the NHL just shows what he's capable of. And if you think this is just 
me on the Blackhawks postgame show oozing about Connor Bedard. Here's what Rick Bonus had to say, the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets, on Connor Bedard. Wow. He's lived up to the billing. His hockey IQ is off the charts, and his poise and confidence to use the IQ and the skills, he made some phenomenal plays. Wow. He's worth the price of admission. He's a fun kid to watch play. That's the visiting head coach, or I should say the opposing head coach, about the Blackhawks rookie using the word wow twice in one quote after seeing the kid play after just one game. I know it's a frustrating time right now. I know these problems for the Hawks just continue, and it's kind of the only consistent thing about this team right now. But the talent is there moving forward. It's just a matter of really utilizing it, uh, captivating it in the right way, and helping Connor Bedard grow and excel and develop in the best way possible. The Hawks made a couple of roster moves before today's game. A lot dealing defensively. We'll get into those moves, and we'll get into... Uh, words from Jared Tenorti, who rejoined the team his first game back since November 9th. We'll hear from Tenorti, talk about the roster moves when we come back. Hawks fall to the Winnipeg Jets 3-1 to today up in Canada. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. You're listening to 720 WGN. Sandberg fires from the left point. They score. Crossing in front of the Hawk net. Cole Perfetti tipped that one past Soderblom. And the Jets now extend their lead to 3-1. to That ended up being the final scoring play of the day. A 3-1 winner for the Winnipeg Jets. They end their three-game losing skid. They improve to 13-8-2 with the win. The Hawks fall to 7-15-0 with the loss. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. Taking you up to 5-30 today here on 720 WGN. And then a quick turnaround. So the Hawks will play again tomorrow afternoon. They're visiting the Minnesota Wild for a 1 o'clock puck drop, which means a 12.30 pregame show, a FanDuel Sportsbook pregame show tomorrow afternoon here on 720 WGN. And this trend of at least one game every other day continues for the Hawks. They'll start a three-game, make it a four-game homestand on Tuesday. They welcome in Nashville, Anaheim, St. Louis, and Washington all next week. The Hawks made a couple of roster moves before today's game. They activated Jared Tenorti off injured reserve. He hadn't played since November 9th against Tampa Bay dealing with an injury. They also brought up Louis Crevier from Rockford. So the corresponding moves, Wyatt Kaiser and Isaac Phillips both moved down back to Rockford. Uh, A couple of rookie defensemen, Kaiser made the team out of training camp. Isaac Phillips, who's he played a couple of games last season, didn't make the team out of training camp this year, but he was pretty much the last cut. So he was the first guy up defensively uh, for this Hawks team. But I did find the move a little bit interesting because when you get Tenorti back, you get a little bit more physicality. You get one of those enforcers and, and one of those stronger guys. And I know Troy and John were talking about it on the broadcast that uh, the score sheet just isn't saying what it needs to be said about Tenorti and his physicality today. Taking a quick look says he finished with three hits on the day. That co-led the Hawks, who had 22 hits total. But um, John was uh, summarizing or making a guesstimation that Tenorti had about a, uh, had about seven hits by the third period. And Troy's like, yeah, that's why I don't follow along with the score sheet as much anymore, because he has finished every check that he's had. But we've seen when Tenorti's in the lineup and when he's not in terms of who the Hawks are playing on the other side of things. What's interesting to me is the Louis Crevier call-up. 
he has not played an NHL game yet. This is his first stint up at the NHL, even though he wasn't in today's game. Wyatt Kaiser being sent down doesn't surprise me too much. He had a great training camp. He had a great showing to begin the year at the NHL level, but he definitely seems like a prime candidate to benefit from consistent playing time down in the NHL, or excuse me, the AHL, where he can work on things, fine-tune some things. And even Isaac Phillips to that extent, too. I, I, I do think he could have stayed longer up with the Hawks, and that's that's kind of what's confusing me a little bit with the Louis Crevier call-up, because I, I think you get more physicality with guys like Phillips rather than pulling up another rookie in Crevier. But um, it's just interesting. We'll see how it plays out. Crevier didn't play in today's game. They found time for Nikita Zaitsev, who seemed to have another good game. I saw some people talking on Twitter, um, breaking down that Nikita Zaitsev's got some pretty good numbers this year, uh, despite not getting a lot of playing time. He finished with 15 minutes and 25 seconds today. Uh, he evened out with no plus or minus. He saved a goal. I mean, there was a loose puck right in front of Soderblom, and he raced towards it. You also got to give him credit for being at the right spot at the right time and just clearing it out of the way to avoid coughing up another goal to Winnipeg. But um, who knows? Maybe maybe when uh, the Hawks get a little bit healthier offensively, that'll kind of even up the roster a little bit more. I know they're expecting Colin Blackwell, Andreas Athanasiu to eventually come back, so I don't know if that'll... Uh, put more depth on the forward side of things, and then they loosen things up defensively. I'm not quite sure, but I did find that to be a little bit interesting. Great to see Jared Tenorti back, especially with all the time that he's missed over the past two years. But uh, he was back in the Hawks lineup, and he chatted with the media as well after this 3-1 loss to the Winnipeg Jets. I felt good. Um, you know, body body felt good. I think, uh, you know, we've been putting a lot of work in the gym to get ready for today, but... Uh, you know, it's tough. Not a lot of team practices. Our schedule's been pretty busy, but, you know, all things considered, I felt good. What were they doing so well to limit chances? I'm sorry? What, what were they doing so well to maybe limit some of the scoring chances? Right? Uh, they're a quick team. I think they, they, they close quick. We don't have a lot of time and space out there. I think, uh, you know, we struggled a little bit getting through the neutral zone. I think we were a little stubborn uh, at times with the puck. I think, you know, you want, you want to make those D turn around and, and go get pucks. And I think that's one of our best is when we're, we're chipping pucks in and going to work. And I think, uh, you know, we're a little bit stubborn at the blue line tonight, and, and they counter quick. I mean, they're, they're a fast team. they got some skill over there, too. Does it seem like they were putting an extra, extra emphasis on fleeing the zone quickly and getting guys up? kind of behind you or trying to you know, yeah i think out. you know especially that top line i think kind of when that was to be expected i mean in our pre-scout we, we know that's how they play they like to they like to push the pace um you know they got some skilled guys they're fast uh they cheat a little bit for their offense but um you know i think that's even more important for us i think just stubborn at the blue stubborn you know through the neutral zone i think uh, you know we get some bucks behind them and eliminate some of their speed and make them play in the d zone could, could you say that Bedard seemed like he was really filling the puck today? Well, could you, could you sense that there's a little jump, extra jumping in there? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think we saw it last game. He was a little bit frustrated, and I think he came out with some fire, and I think, honestly, that's something we needed more of in this group. I think, uh, you know, things haven't really been going our way, and, you know, you got to get pissed off. you got to play with some energy. you got to play with some emotion out there, and I think that, you know, he brought it tonight, and, you know, I think we had a few guys that could have brought a little bit more, and I think uh, it's going to take the full team effort and from this group. We have to play with a little bit more emotion out there every single shift, not just sometimes or not when we're down and we're chasing a little bit. It's got to go right from the start. Nice. Colin, it's after seven shots against Detroit. Uh, he gets that uh, very uh, fortunate bounce off a Jets defense in this game, like straight to him in the, uh, in the one, one team position. Yeah, I think he's just, he's just putting himself in good position. I mean, he knows how to score goals, right? So we've all seen that before. So I think, uh, you know, he finds the areas he needs to be in, um, you know, and, he, and he makes the most of it. He can finish.
We saw Kaiser and Phillips going down to Rockford today. The past few weeks, have you been watching from above or on TV or everything? What, what have you seen from them? Uh, I think they've been good, honestly. I think, uh, you know, Phillips has, has played really well. I think that's, I haven't seen too much of him. I think that's the best hockey I've seen him play. I think, uh, you know, this organization is, is has a ton of good young D-men. I think that's uh, that's a bright future for them. And, you know, it's, it's tough for those guys. I think, uh, you know, they're up to you know, 20 games in the year and then go back down. I mean, I've been in that situation before. It's it's always tough. But I think if you have the right attitude and, and you kind of approach it the right way, I mean, it stinks for a couple of days. But I think if you, you know, you go down there and you put the work in, I think you can really turn it around and use it to your advantage. The Hawks are relying on a lot of young defensemen today, or this year, I should say. Alex Vlasic continues to be one of the most surprising players for the Hawks. 19 minutes, 21 seconds on the ice today. He played 24 shifts. Uh, had just one shot on goal and one blocked shot, but Vlasic continues to, to be a great fit with Seth Jones. We talked to him, uh, or I should say we talked to Seth Jones after the Hawks win uh, a couple of days ago at the United Center, and he talked about how great of a fit Alex Vlasic has been with him and how he's allowed him to play just a smooth, natural game and how lucky he is that he's a rookie and being able to pair so well with Jones, even though Jones said it's it's not like playing with a rookie at all. We've got one more break to get to. We'll break this one down a little bit more, get you set up for Minnesota, and tell you a couple other things when we come back. Hawks fall to the Winnipeg Jets 3-1 to today up in Canada. Blackhawks postgame show, 720 WGN. Gronk at goalie, because I saw him at goalie. <laughs> Wait, at goalie? You saw Gronk? Yeah, he was, I think he, uh, he, he did something with the Tampa Bay Lightning. And, uh, he was in net for, uh, for a practice or something like that. Kind of got jealous. I want to do it now. I'm like, I want to hit up the Blackhawks and get in net or something. Your position, I need speed going Tyreek Hill. He's going to fly up and down. We're assuming everyone can skate. (laughs) This is, this is is like the rookie that the, uh, the Blackhawks just got. I was talking about Connor Bednard or Ben, Bendard. I don't even know how to say his last name. I just know I love watching that dude play hockey. Um, Everyone's favorite, Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Maybe not everybody's favorite, but some. A lot. Not everyone, though. Travis and Jason Kelsey of the New Heights podcast talking about hockey, talking about the Blackhawks, talking about Connor Bednard. Connor Bend- Bendnar? It's kind of Bedard, Travis Kelsey. But yeah, they were uh, chatting about their all-time hockey team made up of football players, I believe. And, uh, hey, just great to see other people in other sports worlds talking about the the Blackhawks especially, but also just hockey and growing the sport and growing knowledge of the sport, if you want to call it that, and just talking about the rookie sensation that is Connor Bedard. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. Hawks fall to the Winnipeg Jets 3-1 to today up in Canada. Uh, we've got a few more minutes for calls and texts, but not many from the 312 area code. Excuse me, from the 847 area code. Why the HE double hockey sticks don't the Blackhawks sign back Kane? He's always made players better and would have been a great teacher for Connor Bedard, and he was disappointed that the Blackhawks didn't sign him back once they won the lottery to draft him. I think some of that is speculation. Some of that is, um, what rumors have been thrown around, but, uh, Kane is officially with the Detroit Red Wings. I don't know if I'm breaking news to that. Uh, but further on from the 847 area code, they paid $4 million for Perry. Kane would have taken that in a heartbeat. I, I understand why people still want 
Patrick Kane to have finished his career with the Hawks, and that possibility still is open. Um, I, I, I don't know what the right move would have been. I, I don't know. We're never going to live in that world where Kyle Davidson resigns Patrick Kane for a year, and then do they do that dance every single off season, or did, does Kane? expects many years, or I should say multiple years from the Hawks, if they are negotiating for him to come back. But it just kind of seemed like they wanted to move on from him. They wanted to transition the leadership for this next team. Um, I, I, I like the idea of bringing, here, bringing Patrick Kane back to the Hawks in an effort to make sure you are totally... Developing Connor Bedard the right way. I appreciate that thought, that sentiment. I don't know if it's 100% necessary, though. I mean, listen, I'm not going to be complaining if Patrick Kane plays more games in a Blackhawk sweater, but the moment they traded him, I think that was just the ripping of the Band-Aid off. That, that was moving on. That was the clean-cut transition period away from Patrick Kane. And they did that to get something from moving on from him. And they wanted to, as Kyle Davidson put it, do right by Patrick Kane. So I don't know if you got to turn back time and not trade Patrick Kane to see a future with him signing a contract for this year, whether it's one year or multiple years, but I do think it gets just a little bit more complicated than, yes, this could have happened, and if the Blackhawks are will- willing to spend this much money on this guy, then yes, it should have worked, because it's different circumstances. It's it's still apples and oranges, at least in my book. Um there were, there is a lot of hockey games going on later on tonight. One is already final, and it was the first game that was played today with the Tampa Bay Lightning in Dallas. What he's doing, pretty remarkable stuff. He's out there with this top line right now for Dallas, spinning on the left wing. Robertson inching in, was looking for a hole. He found it. He scored. Josh Bogorod of Bally Sports Southwest. That would be the game-deciding goal. However, Dallas went on to score eight goals in that game against the Tampa Bay Lightning. They take down Tampa Bay 8-1. to Jason Robertson actually had two goals in that game. He's now got eight on the year. So does Tyler Sagan, who scored the first goal of the game. Joe Pavelski with 11 goals this season. There's... Only one other game that's still going on right now that has a score, and it's in Nashville. Nashville with a quick regroup. That was a funky bounce. Here's Foodie looking to try to take advantage. He's got a man. Score! There's that man. It's Ryan O'Reilly. And the factor has given the Predators a one nothing lead. Willie Donick of Bally Sports South. Ryan O'Reilly with the game's first goal as the Predators and Rangers are now tied at three. They're through two periods at the Bridgestone Arena. For O'Reilly, it was his 11th goal on the season. Roman Yossi scoring his fifth goal of the year in that game. Jacob Truba with just his second as the captain of the Rangers. Colton Sissons, his seventh of the year. Chris Kreider, his 14th. And Vincent Trocek with his sixth. The only other game going on right now, the Florida Panthers and the New York Islanders are scoreless. There is a heck of a lot of other hockey games later on. A couple original six matchups, Detroit and Montreal, and Boston in Toronto. Let's get to our next game preview, sponsored by Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time. Predators can't clear. Letary left circle, open in front, Dewar turning with a chance in the goal belt. He scores! It's a hat trick for Connor Dewar, the first of his NHL career, and it's 6-1 wild here in the third. 
is Joe O'Donnell of KFAN 100.3 FM. The Hawks in Minnesota tomorrow, 1 o'clock puck drop, 12.30. Pre-game show here on 720 WGN. Blackhawks hockey's been sponsored by Sitco. When you start with Sitco, you're good to go. United Airlines, your Chicago and Northwest Indiana Hyundai dealers, Plumbers 911 Chicago, and Northwestern Medicine. Big thanks to all the help we had here and up in Canada.